When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our match preview. Newcastle welcomes Spurs to St. James's Park on Sunday in a game which is very important on the pitch and off the pitch. There's going to be plenty of celebrations, we would imagine. I'm joined, as usual, by John Gibson. And later in the show, we'll hear from Spurs writer from Football London, Emma Dedouve. She's going to give the Spurs insight to you guys listening John, we come into this, we're recording this a week after the takeover went through, yep. the celebrations are still fresh in everybody's mind, but the one question everyone is asking is who will be in charge come this Sunday? We expected Steve Bruce to be shown the door earlier in the week, yep. like we say, we're recording here on Thursday, it's 10 to 11, as of today he's still in charge, the players and himself have a scheduled day off, whether that means anything will come later in the day, we don't know, we've not heard anything. Just give us your thoughts on that whole managerial position and, and, and what it would mean Sunday if he was still in the dugout. Yeah, um, I'm mildly surprised that he, that he's still around. I think it's because of technicalities, whether that is a matter of Amanda reporting back to Saudi to let them know uh, what she's recommending, uh, whether it's a matter of the complication over the size of the payoff on his contract, which is um, confusing to say the least because it's a three-year roll-on, etc., etc. But I think the bottom line is just whether he's going to be there on Sunday or not. I don't think there's any debate about uh, Steve Bruce's future. He's a dead man walking. He's not going to be Newcastle manager any longer. It's just a matter of does he get his thousands game as a manager in on Sunday or does he not? Mm, I mean, there's lots of rigorous things going on behind the scenes. Yeah. We see Mark Douglas and Lee Ryder write such on our website over at chroniclelive.co.uk. And lots of speculation as well, like John mentioned there, about what could be holding this up. Yes. We'll not delve too much into it because we don't actually know the facts of that speculation, what is real and what is not. But you would imagine, John, with it being Thursday, if Steve Bruce has taken training this week, which we think he has, you know, alongside Graham Jones, to get rid of the head coach a few days three days before a big, big game where three points is absolutely crucial. It's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? No, it's elation. Uh, if Steve Bruce leaves, it'll give the, the fans on the terraces a lift. It'll secretly give the players a lift. Uh, no, I don't think it's a gamble. I think it's a gamble to go with him. I think the gamble is if you go with him because the only thing that can spoil the party, apart from Tottenham Hotspur, obviously, is if there was any feeling about Steve being in the dugout and walking up and down the side of the track and if it's nil-nil or we go one down, will they vent their, their objections? What happens if he wins? If he's in charge and he wins? He gets a sack. It's quite simple. Simple you, as you that. Don't, you, yes, you don't. Because, I'll tell you why, because he'll have won one out of eight. That's why you get the sack. It doesn't. One win is not going to keep him in the job. 
a few people and will not mention their names on national radio suggesting that actually he should remain in charge because it would be his thousandth game uh, in charge of a Premier League side. So so what? From Newcastle's point of view, um, sentiment doesn't come into it. And do you think from the Saudis' point of view and Amanda's point of view and the Ruben Brothers' point of view, they're concerned about Steve Bruce's thousandth game? Steve may well be concerned about that. It might be a nice... Um, milestone for him personally to reach and it, it unquestionably is because how long might he have to wait to reach it if he doesn't take Sunday's match but it's got nothing to do with the football situation and it's not going to make it any easier for Newcastle to win because oh dear the players say we must celebrate for Steve and win his thousand game it won't make any difference my minor concern is would it have any effect on the crowd as the game unfolded if Steve Bush is, is standing there. And that is the risk for Newcastle and the risk for the new owners. I'll correct myself there. It's his thousandth game in charge of a team, yeah, not, not, not Premier, Premier League. League. No, uh, I'm, sure you, I'm sure but you would like to get that landmark, but no, it's his. No, but he won't. Um, that takes some doing that. So are you saying that, say if Newcastle are with Steve Bruce on Sunday and they go 1-0 down the hour mark, that the reaction would be different if it was Graham Jones in charge and Newcastle would be 1-0 down at the hour mark? It would be different if Steve Bruce was not in charge, regardless of whether it's Graham Jones or a new manager, which of course it won't be. Um, and by the way, I'm not trying to dump on Brucey here, or I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but the only thing left to antagonise the crowd, possibly antagonise the crowd, not automatically, is Steve Bruce. The the two hate figures we've had all season that the crowd have chanted against has been Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce. Every match of the seven, at some stage, there's been a chant for Ashley out and we want Brucey out. And now you've eliminated the Ashley thing. Wouldn't it be nice if the Brucey thing was not there to colour the waters? I mean, it could be the Brucey's there. Most of the fans ignore him and, and don't take the bite. Newcastle play out of their skins. It's an emotional day. And Newcastle win. Um, it could work out perfectly. But the only time it may not is if the crowd start focusing on Steve Bruce instead of on uh, pushing Newcastle United over the line. Let's just get a quick answer then, John. Do you expect Steve Bruce to be in charge come Sunday? No, I never did expect him to be in charge, but the closer we get, the more you think that there's complications in going about this. There's complications, be that the contract or... or um, anything else, there's complications for it to go this close to the wire. And I don't think it's great for the players, you know, because they've had a train every day not knowing if the fella taking training is going to be in charge on Sunday or whether it's going to be Jones or what it's going to be. That's been a minor distraction. But come half past four on Sunday, forget everything, new owners, full ground, everybody. I mean... A glorious uncertainty about Sunday. It's tingling, it's emotional, it's fabulous because every preview I've done of a Newcastle match this season is I've been on a downer because I've, I've found it hard to say Newcastle are going to win. Uh, I don't find it hard this time. Let's celebrate 
what this means to us and let it be the start of a new dawn, literally. And, of course, that's going to be determined by Newcastle winning because we need a win and we've got to keep in touch with the pack. Uh, so the result is hugely important. But let's enjoy it. We haven't enjoyed for so long. Let's enjoy Sunday. Oh, it's going to be special. I'm going up to the stadium on Friday night to meet War Flags to get a look at their preparation. I'm, everyone's probably seen the video from uh, Wednesday when local hero bled over the, the Tanoy as they were you know, having a little practice run. Everyone got very emotional. It's going to be a special day in the stands. Again, I'll just point out that this has been recorded on Thursday morning. It's just gone 11 o'clock. So if Steve Bruce ends up getting shown the door during the day, we do apologise. But you know, we are working within the realms of the Newcastle United ownership and their decision-making. John, let's talk about the potential team potentially some big names coming back into the side. Callum Wilson's back in training. Shelby was under uh, was playing for the under-23s earlier this week and was very keen. He said he wanted to be back in, in, in contention for this game against against Spurs. Would you, first of all, on Shelby, would you bring him back in if he's fully fit? Would you start him on Sunday? No, I wouldn't uh, because he hasn't played all season. Um He's played for the under-23s. The passion and pace of a game like that is nowhere near the Premier League. And that's the only game he's had. I would expect to see him on the bench. I wouldn't expect him to start. It would That would be a gamble to start. And who's he going to replace in midfield if he does start? Hayden, Willick, Sean Longstaff. Um, no, I wouldn't start him. I mean, the, the big one, the only one that really matters uh, for coming back is Callum Wilson, and he, above all else, he's sort of gone under the radar this last fortnight because of what's been going on with the new owners, but he is absolutely crucial to what this team can do, and we need him back double pronto, and then allow um, Sam Maximum to do what he does best instead of being the assist man, the main goal hope, etc., etc., that was going to be my question. Obviously, if Wilson's fit, you would start him. And then it just means where does St. Maximum go? You'd expect him to go back out to the left. And then who drops out of him? You know, there's some interesting dilemmas for whoever's in charge to make. Because it looks like, and we'll find out obviously tomorrow if there is a press conference, which is the other thing. We're not sure yet if there's going to be a press conference um, before this game. I mean, I suppose it'll have to be in one way. because will have the to Premier be League as rules. far as the Premier League. But who's going to uh, hold it and, who's gonna, and how long it's going to last it? um, is, yeah, like you say, fascinating. Um, I mean, there might be Jamal Lascelles back as well. There's, there's lots of players who could potentially return. And let, let's look at Lascelles and that defensive line. A lot of criticism with the defence. They're conceding far too many goals, John. Yep. If yeah. Lascelles is fit, would you welcome him back into the side? To be truthful, the only change I'm really concerned about is Callum Wilson back. Um, we've got to remember that in this euphoria, Newcastle have played seven games and haven't won one of them. They've got three points out of 21. They've let in 16 goals in those seven matches. Nobody in the league is let in more. Norwich who are complete deadbeats, have let in the same total as us, 16. So there's not a lot of change in personnel that's going to give the team a massive lift. Lascelles playing, Lascelles on the bench. Is it a massive lift either way? Not particularly. The massive list lift is knowing that, that the centre-forward starts. That's a massive lift. After that, anything is possible. Do they play a five? Does he play a, a flat back four 
is it Bush or is it Wilson? If it, is, is it Bush or is it Jones? And if it's Jones, he might have a different um, outlook on tactics completely. Um, but, I mean, there's a shame of a sameness in the back for Newcastle. Uh, let's be brutally truthful about that. Uh, midfield, not much much different. We we need Willock in there because he will support in, term, in terms of goals. You need a sitter in there, which would be Hayden, you would expect. And um, you've got to play some maximum because you simply do. He's your best player, probably. Uh, you've got to decide whether Almirin is... Um, uh, leggy and weary having been away etc etc but I'm not much bothered about the team sheet I'm bothered about Wilson being on it and once he's on it I'm not bothered about the team sheet because the match the occasion knowing what the fans are doing knowing what war flags are doing knowing the elation round town these guys should grow whoever they are whoever is out there should be seven foot tall they, they should find an extra gear they, they should run further and faster because of the crowd so I'm not too concerned about you know the, the as long as some maximum plays and uh, and as long as uh, Wilson plays then we've got our two main hitters there and the rest is fine we'll just go with what we've got but the occasion should drive them home they they've affection the vibrancy the lack the lack of negative negativity is is a massive factor not just what's there but what's not there uh, and on the terraces the love the players will feel from the terraces to them um, and you can see richie and people like that uh, you know growing 10 foot tall and i mean seven foot tall the occasion should do it for newcastle most certainly. I mean, Joe Wilk obviously went off in the last game and he's gonna have, he had to have a scan last week, so we'll see what, what that brings. Obviously, we'll look at Francis from whoever is leading the press conference on Friday. You mentioned there the players and how they should be really, they should grow with the atmosphere that's going to be mm. there on Sunday. How do you think they would have coped with the last week? Because it has been a whirlwind. We know the fans have been on a journey um, of utter elation. How do you yep. think the, the players would have coped? I think they'll have got a massive lift because they feel... They will, they're only human beings, for all the, the stars, uh, football stars, they will have felt the depression. After a draw at Watford and a defeat at Wolves, and the mood of the fans and the mood of town every time they stepped outside their front door, they will have felt that weight on their shoulders. Every time they step out the front door now, they'll be met with beaming faces of fans saying all the best for Sunday and isn't it great news. And uh, if that doesn't lift you to, to produce your best form, then you don't deserve to be the club of Newcastle United States. Go and play somewhere else. If you can't get up for this game on Sunday, there's something mighty wrong with your mind. And I think they will have got a huge lift out of what has happened uh, in the last week and a half. Like we say, we're going to hear from Emma from Football London, the Spurs writer, later in the show to give the Spurs insight. But John, let's us two look at Spurs. Obviously, new manager in the summer, who's probably third or fourth choice when you look at who they try to, 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 to get in. Um, you know, they're not doing too bad. Well, the sixth or seventh in the league, obviously, they got thumped off. Arsenal was pretty embarrassing in the North London derby. And... 
Yeah, I mean, this is a game that Newcastle need to win. It's not a game out of Newcastle's reach. And you would hope that the atmosphere and the positivity will yeah. push them over the line. Harry Kane's not scoring goals. They look vulnerable at the back. Nuno seems to be under a little bit of pressure. Emma will confirm later in the show whether he is or not. There's talk of uh, Levi looking at oh, getting is. potched back. He's and, under pressure. And Daniel Levi himself seems to be under pressure as well from Spurs fan groups who aren't happy with the decision-making. I read something... Um, the other day, so and he's not... taking it all out on Newcastle by uh, going to the Premier League and telling them it's an absolute disgrace for him. Who does he think he Bless. is, by the way? Yeah. Why are they automatic? They, this has got nothing to do with human rights or anything else. This is to do with self-preservation. They don't want six to become seven. They don't want one of the Champions League places sometime in the future going to Newcastle United because who might it not go to then? Or it might not go to Spurs. They are so two-faced that it is ridiculous because these are the same people that wanted to break away from the Premier League and are now being all righteous about the Premier League. And by the way, it's all come out that Spurs together with others backstabbing Newcastle all week. How does he come up and stand in the boardroom with the with Amanda Stavely and the Newcastle board and look them in the eye when they know he's been stabbing them in the back all week? I mean, it is absolutely hypocrite. Anyway, let's not go down that route because we're not bothered about what Spurs think. They don't matter. Uh, if they want to um, be generous, let them give us three points. Um, I think... Spurs have got good players, but, you know, good players are only good players when they're happy players. And Harry Kane at the moment, I know he starts season slowly, but he doesn't look at his body language. He's not a happy bunny. Um, and I, I don't think he's unhappy because he's not scoring goals. I think he's not scoring goals because he's unhappy. Um, it's it's that way around. And... Um, you know, Kane is fearsome. I mean, our worry is that Kane suddenly decides after everything that's gone bad and he's got a massive stage because this match is in the public eye. It's a number one match on the Sunday and it's live on television. What is an arena for him to come up here and say, you know what, you're having a party up there, but I'm the main man uh, and do the business. That's the fear for Newcastle. But I mean, Kane doesn't look happy. Um, Song is a magnificent player He's uh, still played well But you can tell that There's that Feeling about uh, And I mean I don't think Nunes is, is, is done at all well uh, Really um, He's a bit of a negative manager He was at Wolves They played on the counter He's, he's not Potticino Or anybody like that whatsoever And um it's got, Spurs are going to be very, very interesting because we keep forgetting that there's another team on the other side of the halfway line and um, they're going to have a considerable say in what happens on Sunday. But I think if Newcastle get at them, if Newcastle start with a good, good tempo, on the front foot with a good tempo to the game, not strolling about, knocking it at the back and, and them sitting off us and and. and just making it bed down into a nothingness. Start quick, physically quick, bum, 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 pass it around, be quick, be direct. If Newcastle get amongst them and then score, say, in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I think Spurs can be very fragile. And that leads us on to the final question of this episode then, John, before we hear from Emma from Football London. Yep. 
how is it going to end? What's the what's the uh, result going to be? Or the prediction? Is Newcastle going to come out with three points? Absolutely. First win of the season. Uh, I expect Newcastle to win. I think it'll be hard fought. I think they'll have to earn it. And I think they'll have to keep going. And they're not going to stroll it. I don't think it's going to be 5-1 like it was when uh, Rafa... Uh, had us in the last game of the season and we were down. I don't think it's going to be 5-1, but I think I think Newcastle will win. Well, it's funny because that is the last time Newcastle won at home versus Spurs. Was that 5-1 under yeah. Rafa Benitez? I knew I'd get a start in somewhere, John. <laughs> I thought I was getting away with it, mate, but I haven't. But, hey, keep the faith. We've always said that. This is the time for the faith to deliver Newcastle to win. Thank you for tuning in to the Everything is Black and White podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We just urge you guys to please subscribe to the podcast through whichever platform you use. Totally free to do. Just means every time we upload a new episode to our channel, you'll get a notification saying we've done just that and you can listen to it straight away. And if you get the chance to leave us a review as well, that would be much appreciated. That really does help us out. You can also follow Chronicle Live's new Cash United channels over on social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And you can email us here at the show with your feedback, your comments, your questions, whatever. Just drop us a line at the EIBW podcast at reachplc.com. And you can also stay up to date with everything to do with the club by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletter. That's also free. And you'll get a morning news roundup, an evening news roundup, and a breaking news alert as well. And that'll get emailed directly to your inbox. The link for that is in the show notes. Hit that, scroll down to sport Newcastle United tick the box and you'll all be signed up once again thank you for listening and we'll now get back to the show so as mentioned earlier in the show i'm joined by emma now emma thank you for popping on to the everything is black and white podcast how are you doing yeah all good thank you how are you not too bad thank you um an interesting game to come on sunday i mean we've had all the celebrations from newcastle getting getting taken over and all the fallout as well from the Premier League clubs, including Spurs. But first and foremost, there was a match to be won. From Newcastle's point of view, they desperately need three points. How important is this game on Sunday for Spurs? I think it's also a very important game for Spurs. You know, we've had a very rocky start to the season, starting with the three victories, but then the three losses. Um, Going into the international break, obviously the win over Aston Villa. So I think, you know, it's it's a big game for Nuno. It's a big game for Tottenham. Like we need the three points to keep us sort of in that top half. Um, I think as well, you know, winning against Aston Villa was massive on the back of the North London derby defeat. But I think if we then lose on Sunday, it just kind of takes us back to square one. So I think it's a big game for both clubs. Is Nuno under pressure? I mean, <clears throat> plenty of reports earlier in the week that Poch might be um being spoken to about a potential return is Nuno under pressure I mean if he does lose against Newcastle in the relegation zone you know despite the the good news we've, we've had over the last week would that be seen as a disaster disastrous result um I think it's hard I think there's a lot of mixed opinions you know I personally think he still does need more time you know we are only seven games into the season um I don't, obviously, it's not going to look good. Another loss um, and against a team who haven't won a game so far this season. So I think the pressure is definitely on. I don't think if we lose, that will be it. But I do think if we lose, then it, it's sort of he's going down quite a slippery slope. And I think a lot of fans are already sort of questioning him. So that obviously won't help his case either. 
is this a game that Spurs and Spurs fans expect to win? I mean, you would think they'd still come into this game favourites, especially given Newcastle's form and, like you say, they haven't won a game all season. But is it is it a game that you think Spurs expect to win? Um, I think sort of on the back of, yeah, the fact, as I said, you know, Newcastle haven't won a game this season. We do go into it. You know, Spurs do go into it expecting a win. Um it's not never easy going to St. James's Park. So, you know, who knows? And, you know, from performances this season from Tottenham, especially in the London derbies against Palace, Chelsea and Arsenal, it, it all depends if the Tottenham players decide to turn up and put on a good performance. So I think from the fans' perspective, I think they, they will expect a win, but not an easy win. Now, Sunday is set to be an absolutely fantastic day from a Newcastle United point of view. It's going to be a full house, I think, for the first time this season. We've got war flags, the supporters group coming back there, preparing a massive display for the first time since May 2019. They refused to return uh, until Mike Ashley had sold the club. Of course, he has now. So, I mean, Sunday is set to be just magical. How will the players of Spurs... I mean, can you prepare for that? Because, it, you know, you can prepare for tactics and what have you, but the atmosphere is set to be absolutely electric. And I'm just wondering what kind of impact you think that will have on Tottenham. Yeah, I, I, as you said, I don't know if you can prepare for it. I know um, over the last few weeks, um, Nuno, Brian Hill, Regulon have all talked about how, how much of an impact fans have and how much, you know, the atmosphere at the Tottenham Stadium really helps them. And, you know, the new players they've spoken about, how much it's welcomed them. So I think going to an away game where there's going to be, as you said, an absolutely insane atmosphere because of the takeover. I, I don't know him. I I think it it could have an impact on the players just because, you know, and obviously all the Newcastle players more than ever are going to want to win the first game for, of the takeover. Um, but, you know, hopefully from a Tottenham point of view, they've prepared well enough that, you know, obviously there'll be away fans there as well and hopefully they can makes make enough noise to give the players that encouragement that it doesn't affect them too much. Yeah, hopefully not from a Newcastle <laughs> point of view. Um, it, it's interesting because there's been so much joy and elation with the takeover, and yet we are here on Thursday. As I did earlier in the show, I will just mention it is now 36 minutes past 11. So if Steve Bruce does end up going later in the day, don't at me on Twitter or anything. We are just you know, working this out. But it is interesting the fact that many people thought he would have been gone earlier in the week. He's been leading training. They've got a day off today. And yet we, we're still no further, to, you know, knowing whether he's going to be in charge on Sunday. We're getting closer to Sunday. So you would suspect, you know, time is probably running now to make that decision. It just seems an utterly bizarre position to be in, really, that, you know, the majority of fans want him gone. It was thought he would be. And yet here we are not knowing who <laughs> will be in charge on Sunday. How does that impact, do you think, Spears' preparation? Yeah, I think I think it is. It's a very, as you said, it's an uncertain position. It's it's sort of the unknown, like, you know, it's ha only a few days before the fiction. You still don't know who's going to be in charge. Um, I, if I'm honest, I think the Tottenham players won't be trying to let that sort of come into their minds. I think they'll be focusing on their own performance they know that there's still things to work on and they know they need to take the positives from the Aston Villa win and take that into Sunday and sort of work on themselves rather than focusing too much on the situation with the manager at Newcastle. Yeah, and I guess, you know, Spurs 
for all, I'm not going to say troubles, but it's not going swimmingly well. They've still got, you know, very good players that you have to, Newcastle have to keep quiet. I mean, what's going on with Harry Kane of late? He's not hit the ground running this season. Will Sunday be the, the day he does, do you think? Well, I mean, I hope so. Um, I don't. I know, <laughs> I know um, after the England game, he was saying, you know, he gives 110% for club and country. His head's as clear as anything. Uh, he's confident in, in himself. So, I mean, off on the back of what he's saying, I'm hoping that it has just been a slow start to the season and that he is going to, you know, get back to his goal-scoring ways. But as you said, you know, his performances haven't been great. I do think it's not all down to him. The delivery hasn't been great at all either. Um, but, you know, I think with him being sort of our only out-and-out striker, we are heavily reliant on him in particular getting goals. So I think it's a big game for him as well on Sunday. The situation there seems to be very similar to how Newcastle rely on Callum Wilson. Fingers crossed he may, might be back this Sunday. That's a big boost for Newcastle United because it means Alan St. Maximum can get back to what he does best, you know, out on the, on the left and running at defenders. Um, in terms of stats, I mean, Spurs have lost just one of their past 18 Premier League games against sides starting the day in the relegation zone, 13 wins, four draws. Now, I don't know what you're like with stats or you believe in them, but I mean, that's a pretty good record against sides in the relegation zone. Yeah, I don't really know where I stand on stats. I mean, obviously, yeah, that is a, it is a good record, but also it's Tottenham and, you know, as as we've already seen this season, stats don't mean that, you know, our the stats being in our favour doesn't mean we're going to get a win. Although, as I said before, I hope, that they've taken the positives from the Villa performance. There's been some good performances in the international break as well. And hopefully they can put that all into Sunday. You mentioned there the positives. Can you just give our listeners a bit of insight into what you took away from the Villa game in terms of what Newcastle will have to keep quiet really on Sunday? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Sun and Mora on the um, out wide both did well, sort of one crossing in, the other trying to get on the end of it and vice versa. Um, so I think they're hopefully two players that will both start on Sunday and can do that. I think Hoiberg and Skip, um, it also depends on the formation Nuno goes for. I do favour the 4-2-3-1 and in that two defensive midfielder, Hoiberg and Skip have created quite a solid partnership um, already in the middle um, and helped to try and get the ball forward. Um, I think obviously, hopefully Harry Kane, as I said, will get some good delivery into the box. I think defensively as well, um, there's there's a lot of talk about the central defenders and who should be the partnership, but um, Joe Roden's just had a good international break and there's doubts over Romero and um, Davidson Sanchez because, you know, they've still got games to play in the international break. And, you know, if he starts alongside Dyer um, and continues the good form he's shown in the couple games he's played for Spurs and the international break, so I think there's definitely all over the pitch there there could be issues for Newcastle. But as I said, that's just in the hope that all the Tottenham players turn up with 100% sort of effort. What could Newcastle look to take advantage of? Um, I'd say it's been quite clear creativity in the middle of the field hasn't been the best. In that, as I said, the 4-2-3-1, if we go with that, that middle of the three has sort of been a battle between Lo Celso and Dombele and Ali. Uh, Lo Celso is obviously a doubt because of uh, still having to play for Argentina. If I'm honest, I haven't been too impressed by Endon Bele or Ali this season. 
So I think the middle of the field is still um, a problem. I also think, although the back four, even in the defeats, I wouldn't say were the worst players on the field, they have at times, you know, been caught off guard. They seem to lose concentration, lose that solid back line. So I'd say, yeah, sort of catching the defence off guard and definitely the middle of the field are sort of Tottenham's weaknesses that Newcastle could potentially take advantage of. I've mentioned it a few players that Spurs have got, but who's the one person you would say Newcastle really need to keep quiet on Sunday? I'd say Son. Um, I think he's he started great season for Spurs and then he got a, a last-minute winner for South Korea and scored again in their second game. So I think, you know, he's obviously helping to provide the goals where, where Harry Kane isn't at the moment, but he's also getting himself in and around the pitch, getting in positions that he needs to be. So I think he's definitely sort of our biggest threat. And from a Newcastle point of view, who are you most fearing? Who do you think Spurs really should be, uh, well, keeping quiet themselves? Yeah, well, I think obviously if Callum Wilson does return, he's definitely, obviously, you know, coming back from injury might not be on the best form, but I think definitely someone to keep quiet. Um, St. Maximum as well. I've seen bits of him this season and he looks like he definitely could be a threat. So I'd say those are probably the two that spring to mind that, that yeah, Tottenham will have to keep quiet. Yeah, they're the two that seems to spring to everybody's mind when you ask <laughs> that question. I always like to finish the Emma on a score prediction. How do you see this one ended on Sunday? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay positive and I'm gonna say two one Tottenham, but I wouldn't be surprised if we went one nil down. But I'm hoping we can respond well and get the win. Well, hopefully from a Newcastle point of view, your prediction is very, very wrong. But thank you for joining us on the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's much appreciated. To you guys listening, please remember to like and subscribe and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.